Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve Slonwhite. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. I hope you had a great week with your business. Now, imagine you got a project from a brand new client to write a white paper. And your client is a sales training firm. They're a rather large sales training firm. They got lots of sales trainers on staff. You're quite excited because the amount of work available with a company of that size in the sales training business is pretty substantial. And you want to do a good job on this white paper. And you're in the research stage of this white paper. And the topic has to do with goal setting and goal achieving for sales teams. That's your topic of the white paper. So you've got some initial information from your client. You interviewed your client, of course. But now you have to do some additional research to beef up the content for that white paper. And what do you do? You go on the internet, you poke around, you do some searches under the topic of goal setting. And lo and behold, you come up with what you think is a fantastic story that you can use in the white paper. It concerns a major research study conducted by by Yale University back in 1953. Apparently, what Yale University did is they did a survey of the graduating class of 1953 from Yale University, and they discovered only 3% of the students graduating had any written goals. So 97% did not have any goals written down, but 3% did. And what Yale University did, apparently, is 20 years later, they did another survey of that graduating class who are now in their mid-careers. And they discovered that the 3% who had written goals had done substantially better in their careers than the 97% that did not have written goals. In fact, the combined personal wealth of that 3% who did have written goals exceeded the 97% who did not have written goals. So this this 3%, not only were they higher up in their careers, but they were substantially richer as well. And it could all be attributed to the fact that when they graduated from university, they had written goals. Now, isn't that an incredible research report? Isn't that an incredible story? Wouldn't you want to use that story, that research, in your white paper on goal setting for sales teams? Well, of course you would. It's irresistible. The only problem is it's a myth. It's wrong. Yale University has never conducted any such study. In fact, they've actually had to issue a press release recently telling the world that such a study never existed. It's an urban myth. Yet you'll find that story all over the internet in hundreds, probably thousands of articles. And in fact, I've read books over the years that have quoted that very study. And I've listened to motivational gurus, some very famous ones, who have used that study and quoted that study in their presentations. And it doesn't exist. It's a complete myth. So can you imagine if you had used that story in your client's white paper and your client knew it was a myth? 
How would they feel about you? How would they feel about working with you again? You would probably never be able to work with that client again. So you want to make sure that the research that you're using in your long-form content is going to be uh, accurate. And that leads me to the second tip in this two-part podcast series on research tips for long-form content, is how to find accurate sources of information. Because here's a big mistake that people make. And actually, part of it is actually a a good technique, but it can lead to a big mistake. And that's this. You you get a project to write some long-form content, like a white paper, and perhaps it's on uh, goal setting for sales teams. And you go on Google and you type that in and you find all these articles and information on goal setting for sales teams, probably hundreds. And then you quote from those sources without really knowing if what they're saying is correct. Because a myth, misinformation can travel just as fast as good information. <laughs> There's misinformation all over the internet. So how, how, do you, how do you do good research quickly and get good information? Well, I'm going to share with you a very simple technique on how to do that. And you're going to laugh, and please don't laugh. I'm going to explain it in just a second. It involves Wikipedia, okay? But before you get ahead of me, let me explain. So let's say, for example, you are doing a a white paper for a forklift training company, and they have a new safety training program for forklifts. So you want to do some research on safety training because you're going to be writing a series of long articles and blog posts for your forklift training client on the topic of forklift training and forklift safety. And of course, you do what you should do. You interview the client, get as much information from him or her as you possibly can. But you're going to have to do some independent research like a good journalist would to get some more information on forklift safety. So what do you do? Well, you can Google it and go all over the internet and go off in a thousand different directions. That's the long way of doing it, and it can lead you to some misinformation. But a shortcut is to go to Wikipedia and do a search for forklift safety. And you will come to a page with a lot of information on forklift safety, a Wikipedia page. Now, don't quote from Wikipedia because you never know if Wikipedia is 100% accurate. In fact, it's updated so often that what's there today may not be there tomorrow. It may be changed or corrected. See, it's in flux. So you never know if what you're reading on Wikipedia is 100% accurate. However, it's it's good to get a good overview. I've read Wikipedia pages when I didn't understand a certain type of product or technology. And Wikipedia has a very good way of of uh, getting you up to date and helping you understand the basics. That's fine. So you go to the page and you find a page on forklift safety. You can read that page to, you know, to get some basic information, but you don't use that in your long form articles. Here's what you do. You scroll to the bottom of that page and you're going to find a section called references. And these are the source materials that have been quoted 
and used to uh, support what's on the Wikipedia page. Okay, there's citations. And they often have links. And the links are often to authoritative sources that you can use in your white papers and your long-form articles that you're writing for your clients. So, for example, uh, for that forklift safety example, you go to the, fork, uh, the Wikipedia page on forklift safety, you scroll down to the bottom, and you'll find all sorts of sources quoted that are much more authoritative than Wikipedia. I just did a quick search myself, and there is a, uh, a research paper called Preventing Injuries and Deaths of Workers Who Operate or Work Near Forklifts from the National Institute for Occupational Health and Safety. Now, the National Institute of Occupational Health and Safety is a nonprofit association. It's authoritative, and if they've issued some research, it's probably a, 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 you know, a great source that you can quote in your articles. And there are many other sources listed in the references section of that Wikipedia page, and they have links, so you can click and go right to them. So in no time at all, you can often um, get directed to four or five or six authoritative sources of information, original sources, not requoted or regurgitated information, but original sources of information that you can use in your long-form content. I do this all the time, and it saves me a lot of time finding uh, research reports, expertly written articles, and other sources of information that I can use in the long-form content that I write for my clients. It's a shortcut, and it works very well. Now, why does it work very well? Well, it's just the nature of Wikipedia. You have a lot of people contributing to Wikipedia pages. Wikipedia has thousands of editors, <laughs> right? You, you can be an editor of Wikipedia if you sign up to be one. And so there's, there is, it's const, each page is constantly being edited and updated and changed. But Wikipedia demands that any new information have a citation. So it needs to be, it needs, the information needs to be cited, it needs to be uh, an original source, needs to be quoted. And those original sources need to be listed in the references section on the Wikipedia page. And that, that section's available to you. So, you know, it's a, in a sense, you have a lot of people finding this source information for you. And you're simply, you know, going to the Wikipedia page and picking up some of the source information. Now, not every link in the references section of a Wikipedia page is good information. Sometimes there's some biased information in there. Um, sometimes there's some information there that's not so good. You still have to do your due diligence. Click on the link, go to that source information, which might be an article or a study or a research report, and determine for yourself whether it's, it's good, solid information that you can use and quote in your client's long-form content. But that being said, this can save you a lot of time on research. You, like I said, you can find four or five really good sources to quote in an article or a white paper in less than an hour doing this, uh, doing this type of research using Wikipedia and the references links on the Wikipedia page. So that is my second tip for researching long-form content. The first tip 
the uh, podcast I did just last week on this topic was interviewing an expert. And that's a very quick way to get some great information as well and some original research and original quotes as well. This Wikipedia approach uh, and is also a great way to find some original source information very, very quickly. And if you combine these two techniques, often it's all the research you need to do in addition to interviewing your client, all the, informa- all the research you need to do to write an authoritative, accurate piece of long-form content for your client, whether that be an article, white paper, ebook, or other type of content. So I hope that tip helps you in writing your next long-form piece for your client. And would you do me a favor? If you have any questions or topic suggestions, just send them my way. You can reach me at steve at steveslonwhite.com, and I'd be delighted to hear from you. And if you'd like to listen to past episodes of this podcast, including part one of this series in Research Tips for Long-Form Content, you can uh, find that on iTunes or by going to www.b2bwritingsuccess.com, and you can find all the past episodes right there, along with a wealth of other resources that can help in your B2B writing or copywriting business. So I'm Steve Slomwhite. Have a great week, and I will be chatting with you next week. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Slonwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com.